everyone. Welcome to Everyday Theologian, where we educate, empower, and equip you to know why you believe what you believe. everybody. Welcome back. Thanks again for joining us. We have a special guest. You probably recognize him from season one. Um, This is Adam. Hey, Adam. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. He uh, wrote a book that we talked about in season one. It's about discipleship. Mm -hmm. And this is part two of five, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And we're going to dive into this book, which I have had the opportunity to read a little bit of and it's wonderful, you guys. You're going to love it. So, Adam, if somebody's listening and they don't remember you, can you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My name is Adam Ehrlichman. I am a pastor, author. I'm a discipleship pastor at the Cross Church in Wiley, Texas, uh, which is sort of East Dallas area. i just begun there, been there about four and a half months, loving it. Our family just kind of getting set and settled in there. Um, I've got background in young adult ministry, student ministry, groups, discipleship, leadership, uh, development. And so, uh, do all that fun stuff. Uh, I've helped out with the Denton Baptist Association's, uh, leadership training conference and, uh, just recently have, uh, jumped on board with, um, uh, spiritual formations team with the Southern Baptist of Texas convention, uh, with Phil Todd. And, and so excited to, jump into that and help set some different calendar events for the state of Texas, um, discipleship events, equip, um, some consultations, some trainings with churches around. So just, yeah, no, that's, that's me, what I do. And, um, and I think the most exciting part I get to do is being involved in the local church. Uh, that that's what I love. That's what I enjoy, uh, writing books, um, on the side that, that kind of scratches an itch for me. You have a lot happening. That was a lot of stuff that you are involved in. <laughs> it is. And and I'm also married, right? My wife, Anna, we've got three boys, uh, Judah Tyson Deacon, nine, seven, five years old. I mean, they are rough, tough, tumbling, high energy, destructive, sweet <laughs> boys. They are best frenemies, okay. right? Laugh and cry all in the same minute. So like, yeah, that's, we got a lot going on. Yeah, we got a, a few things going on, you could say. <laughs> Um, and your first book, do you want to kind of tell us a little bit? I know a person can go listen to um, his podcast on season one about it's, it was titled, What is a Disciple? But go ahead and tell us a little bit about the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So this this first book I wrote really just out of a personal experience. I got saved at 19, had no clue what it looked like to follow Jesus. It was very confusing. And so uh, this is just a very practical, biblical approach and look at, well, what is a disciple? What's the New Testament say a disciple is? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so uh, I self-published this, had really no intentions. Again, I just, I was writing just out of uh, personal, like kind of worship and connection to the Lord in my off days and thought, well, I'll just put this out there. Didn't have a marketing plan, nothing. And bam, number one new release on Amazon and Christian discipleship, bestseller. Um, it's, it's still selling. It's, it's, you know, and so I'm, I'm like sort of, okay, well, I guess the Lord wants me to do this more, so I'm going to continue. And, um, so yeah, so this book, it's, it's available on Amazon right now. Uh, there's a discount, uh, 
promo going for the month of September, uh, leading up to publishing my new one in October. And so normally this is $8.99. It's uh, $3.99 right now. So it's like perfect time for bulk orders, things like that, church resource, uh, next step resource. But um, but yeah, so that's, that's that. Awesome. So this was book number one. And then book number two is called um, How We Grow Heart Posture. Yes. yes. How We Grow I Heart posture. I nailed it. Mm -hmm. And um, would you encourage a reader to read them in order? You don't necessarily have to. Okay. Um, they are not chronologically set up that you have to read the first one mm -hmm. to understand the second one. There's a one-page summary in the second book that kind of helps, you know, cover the first. Uh, but, you know, getting both of them wouldn't hurt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, getting to read both is only going to help. So, so yeah. I I kind of read this one um, coming out of the first one, knowing what is a disciple, and then with the heart check that this book kind of brought to me. So one of the quotes that I typed up, I really enjoyed, and maybe you can elaborate on, is the accumulation of knowledge without proper heart posture leads to dangerously deceiving and treacherous roads for the Christian around the things of God in the Bible, yet not necessarily with him. That yeah. really jumped out at me mm -hmm. that we can be doing the things of God around people of, of the Lord, but not um, having the heart that is actually serving him spiritually healthy. Yes. Yeah, and and right, and you got that sneak peek preview because it's not you know like it's not even released yet. We yes. released mid October, and so um, so y'all are getting a sneak peek here. We got <laughs> we got about six weeks until this is available for y'all on Amazon. But uh, yeah, no that that line in there, and that's from the introduction of well, well, why does heart posture matter, mm. right? And so it's titled heart posture, but you know why should someone consider reading this? Why should they even um, look at this, or why should they give any attention to it? Uh, and and that is one of the the big reasons is is that if we are constantly around the things of God, mm -hmm. uh, around God's people, we could be in small groups and Sunday school. We could be uh, card carrying members of the local church, right? We could be even serving. Um, we could go on missions trips, uh, but if if we're not considering our heart posture. Uh, it can be really deceptive. Mm. Uh, it can it can really deceive us into thinking we we are growing in our spiritual maturity, and 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 hear me when I say this um, in the American culture, right? The busy badge, like the more I do, the better I am, or the or the more spiritually mature I seem to be in the local church, and that that's just not really mm -hmm. what Jesus taught, right? So doing all those things in the local church, it can give mm. us the appearance that we are with God. Um, because we're around, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are communing, we're in fellowship, or that we are really having our affections and our love directed towards God. Mm -hmm. um, that being a busy Christian does not equate to spiritual maturity. Yeah. Um, doing a bunch of things that never crack past the surface, mm -hmm. uh, that, that doesn't equate to spiritual maturity yeah um another thing that you kind of carry on with with this thought process in the book is 
what happens to a Christian when they're serving, but they don't actually have delight in their heart. Yes. Yeah. And, so, and that's exactly like right connected to mm-hmm. uh, that statement. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, um, and I, and this phrase isn't in the book, but I, I use this a lot uh, when we're, we're training people or we're teaching, uh, we're encouraging people with, with taking next steps in their faith uh, at our church. And it's, it's this. And actually, I say to our staff a mm-hmm. lot too is, hey, we don't want any starving chefs. Yeah. Um, we don't want any starving <laughs> chefs who are serving the bread of life to everyone else, but they're not eating any of it themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you've seen that person, maybe, maybe not, hopefully you haven't, but maybe you've seen that person in your church where, man, they are serving and they're doing all these things. And, and you're like, that person looks like they hate doing this. That person looks like they don't like people or enjoy anything about this <laughs> process. And there's this, just this begrudging, like, well, I guess I'll do it, or, or God's going to lightning bolt me, or, mm-hmm. you know, I guess I'll serve in the church, um, or, or I might be guilted by my friends or by my pastor. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, that that's, um, that's could be the manifestation of um, being around the things of God, but not with God, mm-hmm. and not looking in, not reflecting, not considering the heart posture of well, why do I do these things? Mm-hmm. Uh, because, look, it's it's really easy to know the Bible well and not have to emotionally engage with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when I say emotionally, like I am not making an argument in this book, just just for full clarity here, don't want any misconceptions. Uh, I'm not making an argument for sensationalism. Mm-hmm. I'm not making an argument for emotionalism or experientialism in the local church that that we need to just let our emotions guide everything mm-hmm. uh, that I think some of the younger generations, you know, really latch on to can lead to subjectivism, just mm-hmm. this relativism with no absolute truth, not at all um, arguing in that direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So, um, but what, what I am saying is, is that there needs to be a healthy embracement of our emotions mm-hmm. and to connect that to the things that we are doing because I've, I've known men who know their Bible really well, but are awful husbands. Mm. They're awful fathers. Um, there are people who know their Bible really well and are sleeping around with their tennis coach, right? Mm. Like, like just examples. It's like, so, so how can someone be there every Sunday? How can they be engaged in hearing the word of God, Mm. maybe even teaching the word of God? And yet, still walking in a life that is contrary or opposite to the things that they say mm-hmm. uh, on that Sunday morning that they might be around the things of God. Yeah, and uh, your argument, which I agree with, is it's because their heart is not in the right place. Yes. Yeah. And personally, in my own walk with the Lord, I feel like this is something that um, every Christian can and should be doing heart checks along the way. You know, ho- hopefully we won't get to a place of some of the things that you've described, you know, of the examples. But I mean, I can even think of times in my own life where I, you know, was signed up for 10 things. And instead of being joyful and producing the the fruits of the spirit, right? Um, I'm like, yeah. I have to do all of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was reading yes. your book, I was just thinking of, yes, like there was 
memories coming back to where I should have, um, I needed your book at that time. So I could have <laughs> checked my heart. So then. sorry. I took so long. <laughs> That's it's, it'll be here in mid October. <laughs> no, but, but that is such yeah. a good point to bring, um, I think to every Christian that this is relevant. We should constantly be checking our hearts. Yeah. And now I'll go to the opposite extreme, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, didn't write this book as an overreaction to the duty-bound, heartless, mm-hmm. just do it because it's the right thing to do. You don't need to know why, right? Um, I'm not writing an overreaction to that, to this emotionalism appeal. Um, but rather what I would say is uh, if you're like, I don't know what my heart posture is, and you get tied up with, I don't know what my true motivation is, mm-hmm. I would also say don't park the car, right? Like, Get the car moving mm-hmm. because, you know, it's a lot easier to steer the car like when it's driving. Right? If you're parked, it's really hard to steer, move the steering wheel, number one, and it doesn't do anything. So so I would also say uh, if you're like, well, my heart just isn't right. I can't serve. Mm. Um, I would say that's, that's a little bit of a cop out. I would, I would say, man, I, I would not, you know, use that as a meaningful justification to not serve. Mm. Um, I would say, hey, get the car moving. Get the gas pedal down, uh, maybe slow down. I mean, you don't got to go 100 miles per hour, maybe go 25, 30, whatever. Mm-hmm. And because there are times where we do need to uh, conform mm-hmm. before God transforms, mm-hmm. right? We need to, uh, there are some times where it's, man, it's going to feel like duty. Yeah. It is not delight. Sometimes duty precedes delight. Mm-hmm. It's always nice when delight precedes duty and it's just this freeing over. And there are seasons of that. And so um, hear me when I say this and, and you take a look at this, you read this book. Uh, I'm not giving a, a linear, this is what should happen in this order. Uh, it's all all over, very mm-hmm. complex followers of Christ, human beings. And and so it's uh, it, it's sometimes, man, we, we got to get our hands dirty. We got to, mm-hmm. we have duty to do and we got to serve. And then the delight follows, the transformation follows. Um, but wherever you're at in that process, you need to reflect in and go, well, why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, don't paralyze yourself, keep moving, maybe slow down, but why am I, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point to don't, don't just end it all. <laughs> Stop it all. Yeah. We yeah. need to keep being around the, the things of God, the people of God, right? Even when our hearts aren't, um, delighting in maybe service or. Yeah, yeah, we can go to either opposite mm-hmm. extreme, you know? Uh, another concept in the book that really jumped out at me, um, and I hope you don't mind that I'm kind of like reading some of the, <laughs> some of the sneak This is top so secret. <laughs> if any of you tell anyone anything, we will find you. I'm just kidding. Well, we'll it's totally cool. Yeah, everyday theologian <laughs> gets a little sneak peek, but mm-hmm. um, one of the concepts was what we love, we give our time and effort to, mm-hmm. you know, to. Yeah. And there are a lot of great things in life, um, you know, sp- your kids' sports, or some people love their job, um, you know, yeah. music, or their hobbies, and all this stuff that we can really sink our, our love, our hearts, our energy to. Um, but one concept in the book is that all of these things, they're not bad. They're not bad things. They should complement our love for God and not compete against our love for God that jumped out at me. Yeah. So there, there's 
really two big concepts that you just kind of put out there mm-hmm. uh, that, that are hitting, I think that's chapter, the first chapter there, uh, talking about unrivaled affections. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no rival affections to Jesus uh, in our walk. And, and the first thing actually is connected to the, the duty and the service part and mm-hmm. duty and delight, delight and duty, what we were just talking about. Um, because it, the truth of the matter is, is a lot of times we think that the everything in the center of our being starts in our mind, in our head, intellectually, and and man, that concept, the way we think about people, that did not come up into um, really thinking in the world until the Enlightenment period mm-hmm. in the 18th century. Uh, before then, we always, uh, prior to that, the human, the center part of a human. Uh, where everything came from was the heart. Mm-hmm. That was the center. And that's why Proverbs 4.23 says, right, guard your heart for the wellspring of life flows from it's why Jesus says um, what's in the heart comes out of the mouth, mm-hmm. right? It, it starts here. And even in the book of Proverbs, I mean, right, the wisdom literature, you would think, okay, wisdom, you would think brain, mind, right? Much like the Enlightenment, mm-hmm. you know, would say, um, you know, we're sort of these thinking things on sticks, just walking around. And it's like, no, um, far more complex than just logical. Uh, our emotions drive so much more of that than just uh, our deductive logical processing and reasoning. And, and so um, the heart is the fulcrum. Mm-hmm. It is the sort of guiding uh, key part of the hinge of the door, which way is the door going to go? And, mm-hmm. and, and it guides that. Uh, if it's improperly placed, right, the fulcrum, you know, if you picture a seesaw, um, if it's not in the center, in the right spot, and it's like over a little, mm. that seesaw doesn't work very well, right? Yeah. Those kids are like, this is a really <laughs> useless toy at the playground. And, and it's like, well, that's kind of that knowledge you gain biblically. Mm-hmm. It becomes useless if that heart, that fulcrum isn't placed properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why in the Proverbs, right, again, the wisdom, you think, oh, brain, you associate wisdom with brain. Well, in the Proverbs, the authors in there, they they almost equate knowledge, instruction uh, to the heart. Mm-hmm. Heart is mentioned 79 times in the book of Proverbs. Oh, wow. In almost every single chapter, except except for four of them. And so anytime I'm talking about, hey, give me your ear, think about these things, mm-hmm. Um, instruction, gain wisdom, gain knowledge. It's always, almost every time has the word heart in the same exact sentence. Mm. So, um, so there, there's that now with uh, the the formation, right? The things that we give our time to mm-hmm. is what we give our heart to. Yeah. Our calendar is a catch-all for our affections. Mm. Uh, our calendar is a catch-all for our affections. And so what we spend our time around, what we spend our time doing, uh, whether that's sports or that's extracurricular activities or hobbies or, or you know, like football's about to start, right? Like that's, I'm excited about that. I'm going to give some of my time to that. Uh, I'm going to enjoy that. And, and so, uh, you know, what we primarily give our time to and we spend our time doing, it does form mm-hmm. this appetite for more of it. Mm-hmm. It forms this hunger uh, to want more of that, and then our our heart and our affections start to kind of wrap their arms around it, um, and, and so and here's the and, and that in and of itself is not bad, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, they'll go, those are bad things. 
don't do those things. Yeah. Uh, select sports are the devil. <laughs> <laughs> like they keep you from church on Sunday. And, you know, and there's a whole other conversation that we could talk about. I'm like, yeah, I would love for you to gather with the saints and worship. on if, if you prioritize that over gathering with the saints, mm. uh, I'd say there's there's some problems there. But, you know, um, all in all, like sports, use sports, um, extracurricular activities, mm. music, hobbies, like those things in and of themselves are not necessarily bad. Mm. Um, they are good gifts of creation God has gifted us. Mm. It's a matter of what we do with them. Yeah. Uh, it's a matter of what we do with them when we engage with them. And, and so, mm-hmm. right, uh, going back to uh, the quote, and can you say that quote again? Just um, refresh. I went yes. several directions No, there. that was all good. Um, um, and it's not the exact quote, but it's talking about how sports, friends, jobs, they should not compete against our affection with God, but complement our affection. And I just, I just love those two words to just, I, I actually um, capitalized them. <laughs> okay. Well, in my cool. document. <laughs> I, well, hopefully we can help people capitalize it in their lives. Yeah. Um, and so pastors, church leaders, they will see all those things I just talked about mm. and they'll go, those are competing. Mm. Whereas I, I would say, I think more accurately, scripturally, biblically, they are compliments. Mm. Uh, I don't think they're the enemy of our affections. I think that they they are a gift and an aid to help turn our affections to God more, mm-hmm. uh, right? And and so here here at a very practical level, just kind of give this example. Um, I, I love baseball. Um, my boys play baseball. I coach my oldest son's team. Like I love it. I, I love seeing my son hit the ball. I love seeing him pitch. Uh, I I when he experiences joy, like it's my joy double. Oh, like, I mean, right. Just bring tears, tears to me. I'm going to stop because it's going to go there in a minute. (laughs) And, you know, and so like, I love that. Now in that moment where I experience that joy Mm -hmm. and just that, that thrill of seeing my son enjoy this gift from God, I can either go, I want more of that mm-hmm. or I can, or I can in that moment, right? Because I'll never get enough of that. If I just keep trying to, mm-hmm. I want more of this. I want more of this. I want more. Like at some point, my son's not going to play baseball anymore. Right. Yeah. It's not. And, and so it's going to end. And so I can either endlessly grasp for more of it unsatisfied mm-hmm. or I can in that moment internally turn my eyes towards God. I can turn my heart towards God mm-hmm. and just thank him. Yeah. I can just go, God, thank you so much for this. Thank you for baseball. Uh, thank you for this gift. Thank you for my son. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this moment right here. You are so good that you've given this moment right here to me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, that's like, I just gave you like a five second snapshot of a worship experience that Adam has on the baseball field. Mm-hmm. Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday morning, mm-hmm. like right, not in a Sunday morning, didn't need a band, didn't need, <laughs> you know, just this, you know, spoken word of, you know, or this prayer. It was just this, I experienced something with my boy mm-hmm. and I guess got to take it and go, thank you, God. Yeah. Right. And and so we all have those meaningful moments in our lives uh, through the weekday. And it's just a matter of, um, am I looking, this is 
as a competition because I think a lot of churches have painted it to look like that. And mm-hmm. It's not. It's a moment for us to go, thank you, Lord, and to turn our affections right, mm-hmm. right back to him and, and just build on that. Yeah. In the book, I'm visualizing a graph that you did and um, the created things that God has made are kind of in the middle of the picture. And then um, when we're worshiping God through them, there's an arrow pointing up to God. So these, like you're saying, n- none of this is bad stuff. Um, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're not always at church on those days, but we can be right. worshiping God through, like you just gave the example, when we have a moment of, I love this created thing, thanking him for it. Yeah. It's such a beautiful picture that you painted in your book. So, um, yeah, I, I'm so excited for the readers and the the people listening right now to grab it because I often think, you know, Christians believe, well, on Sunday, we're going to worship the Lord and allot these two hours to him. Huh. But as a disciple in your first book, you know, we know it's our whole life. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's not just, you know, it's something happens in a couple of hours, Sunday morning, there's yeah. 168 other hours in the week. Yeah. And, and um, yeah. And in that picture, that kind of illustration, mm-hmm. right, it's um, there, there's this again, this falsity that we just think worship only happens on a Sunday morning. But the Mm -hmm. truth is, is what makes us image bearers or made in the image of God, one of the things we have that nothing else in creation possesses is we are worshipers. Mm. And so like y'all worship every minute of the day. I worship every minute of the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, John, John Calvin you know, he, he sort of said this, and I love this quote. Uh, he said, um, the human heart is an idol factory. Mm. And so we are constantly uh, hugging our arms around things that might be good things, but when we hug too hard, they become idols. Mm. Uh, and it's that picture in that book where it's our worship is always going towards something. And most of the time, it's going something towards creation. Monday through Saturday. Yeah. And and so we have two options that we can either direct that straight up towards God, mm. turn our eyes towards him, turn our hearts towards him, thank him. Or we kind of do this. It hits the ceiling. It comes right back down and we have that worship continue just going to the creation. And that's where mm. false idols are born. Yeah. Uh, and Derwin Gray, I don't know if he's the one who originated this saying or this quote, but I just loved it. And I, I put it in the book. Uh, he says this. He says, um, a good thing is a bad thing if it's not a God thing. Mm. A good thing is a bad thing if it's not a God thing. And so what makes something a God thing? Well, that's that's when we accredit and ascribe to God. Mm-hmm. Um, just that, man, you gave this. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, when, when we divorce God from our enjoyment, and, and it could be a secular song. Mm-hmm. It might not even, even mention the name of Jesus. We go... God, you're so good for giving us just the beauty of this music. Mm. Uh, you are so good for giving me this car that I drive to work yeah. or for this food, right? This filet mignon, like, I mean, <laughs> bacon-wrapped, Texas-style, like, yeah. you know, just this. God, you are so good. Thank you. Mm. And and so when we have that enjoyment, uh, enjoyment 
is affection mm-hmm. and our affections are worship. Uh, and so when we, instead of hitting that ceiling right back to create an idol, mm. um, not hugging too hard, yeah. but directing that up, that, that's when we, we see right heart posture. That's when we see right affection. That's mm. when we see um, right worship. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So um, if someone's listening and they're eager to grab the book, what um, what are some of the highlights that you hope they gain from reading your book? Yeah, yeah. The, there's four things that I wrote out, um, four goals I had in writing this book. And I'm going to reference my notebook yeah. so I uh, say those accurately. But uh, my four goals in, in writing this book uh, was was number one. For people to see the prominence that heart posture plays mm-hmm. in their spiritual maturity uh, and becoming more like Christ, that heart posture is, um, I mean, it's first, it's where scriptures start, mm-hmm. and then they really stay there for the longevity of the spiritual journey. Um, so prominence of what it plays in our spiritual maturity uh, to give you guys a, a scorecard for internal growth not just external activity, but a scorecard for internal growth, which can kind of feel like feels a little bit like catching wind. Like, oh, I got, oh, I, I mean, I thought I had it. And it's like, nope, I don't. Um, so scorecard for internal growth. Number three, I want to give you guys practical ways to engage your heart in worship. And then lastly is how to engage your affections with Jesus Monday through Saturday, uh, not only on a Sunday morning or in a corporate worship, service um setting if if you will so great points to to glean from the book so i'm excited to get my copy how can i get it tell me when yeah yeah so uh mid-october okay is what we're looking at uh we're we're going through uh we've got a, a book launch team about 30 people who are they're getting each chapter each week right now. They're reading through this, and, and we're, we're just diving in. And so these are just very last-minute, um, you know, planned last-minute revisions of mm-hmm. just, hey, is all this making sense, you know, that good stuff. And so 30 people, uh, thank you to all of you, 30, if you're seeing this and uh, helping me just with this. And um, we're finishing that up get it fine-tuned, and yeah, mid-October, you will be able to get it on Amazon, exclusively on Amazon, um, How We Grow, Heart Posture, uh, and so if you search How We Grow, you'll you'll probably have this, my first book, pull up, and then mm-hmm. the second one will be right there with it, uh, but I'm really excited to see what the Lord does with this, because actually have like a plan for, you know, promoting it this time where last time was just kind of like, well, just see what you do, Lord. And, and I'm like, well, what would have happened if we did actually, you know, like promote it and, uh, like purposefully and intentionally. And, and so, man, I, I'm really excited. I think we have a really good shot at, uh, cracking the top 10 awesome. on the bestsellers list, if, if not more. And so that, that's what I'm really hoping for. I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, so Amazon exclusively on Amazon, how we grow heart posture mm-hmm. where you can get that. That's awesome. And this is not going to be your last book. This is not. Yes. Um, we'll have you back maybe for you can share again. Book number three. If no one buys the second book, don't have <laughs> me back. 
don't have me back. But uh, yeah, so there there's actually five books to awesome. the series. So uh, there's yeah, third one. I haven't even you know they're all written. I just haven't thought about it at all because we're right in the prime of just uh, seeing this one get going. Yes. Um, so exciting. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to come and share with us. I know you had a little bit of a drive. Um, you guys, I'm so serious. If you're listening, you do not want to miss out. These are not um, long, hard Christian books. You know, we've all, we, you know what I'm talking about. You have one in your library, I'm sure, where it's, <laughs> I have multiple. It's a big, thick book and you, you're like, read one page and you don't even know what you read. These are easy to understand and very applicable to your life. So um, I recommend definitely grabbing the first one if you haven't already. $3.99 is on sale. It is for the month of September. The month of September, uh -huh. it's on sale. And then mid-October, we can be expecting and looking out for the second book. Correct. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. This is, it is a 68 page. There's mm -hmm. probably 40 pages of reading. The purpose of it is to offer a precise concise, informative, practical resource for the everyday Christian, mm -hmm. everyday theologian, everyday yes. Christian. Yes. And that that's why I started this series. That's why I wrote this. These are eventually my hope um, is that these can be resources for local churches that they have, giveaway resources um, people can use and, and just take and get. Me and Charlie have already read the big books that are in your library, you don't want to touch. <laughs> and so we combed through those and we said, all right, this right here, this is what we're going to give people and we're going to help you um, because we think there's just amazing stuff in there and it can change your life. Yes. And yes. that's why we do this. Yes. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you again, Adam, for coming. Yeah. Um, if you are on YouTube, leave a comment, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on a podcast platform, share this with your friends and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Don't forget to check out everydaytheologian.life for more biblical and theological resources and also some exclusive merchandise. <laughs>